A Radio 191 FM podcast. Hi, and everyone listening are lucky to have the enigmatic cast of The Flick um, with us in the studio today. Pulitzer Prize winning play written by American playwright Annie Baker, directed by former artistic director of the now defunct Fortune Theatre in Dunedin, Lara McGregor. And she has made a triumphant return to the city with an absolute cracker of a play. The wonderful cast I have here with me are Sam. Hello. Um, Sam Shannon, Nick Dunbar, and Timothy Atai. Hello. Wonderful. Uh, who played the misfits and layabouts that run the movie theatre the play is set in. If you haven't already seen this play, I would thoroughly recommend it. Baker's beautifully simple and innocuous dialogue allows these three talented actors to deliver thought-provoking and hilarious performances under the righteous supervision of Lara herself. It is an absolute pleasure to have you all here today. Thanks Thank very much you. for having us. That's all right. Um, first question. I asked you just before, but I'm going to ask it again. <laughs> Four sessions in. How are we feeling? Great. Yeah. It's going really, really well. We're sort of hitting our straps with it. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah, it's great to be up at Allen Hall as well. It's um, an old playground for me when I was doing theatre studies here. Yeah, so the whole set's been uh, swapped around. So the normal seating block, uh, what you'd sit in to maybe attend a lecture or a, a show there, like a lunchtime theatre, is, is actually the stage of uh, movie theatre where it's set in Massachusetts. So the other seating block on the where the normal stage would be is. Um, facing towards it so when audience members walk in they don't know where to sit <laughs> it's like two sitting blocks yeah, facing like each that. other yeah, yeah. It's instant uncomfortable when you walk <laughs> yeah, in yeah. it's an immersive experience oh god yeah. just look for the popcorn don't sit by the popcorn <laughs> don't sit yeah. by the popcorn i was gonna say are you guys tired of popcorn do you, uh, do you wake up and smell butter like what's the well it was funny because i was watching spider-man a week ago nice. and afterwards my mate Jordan decided to spill all the popcorn out onto the ground because I had the play running like literally two hours later and he's like, oh, you've got a job next after this. Wow. But yeah, I'm pretty sick of popcorn now. I've only eaten the props a little bit, so I'm not nice. too sick of the props yet. But I was going to say, do they remake yeah. it or is it just recycled? No, it's recycled. What? There is free popcorn for all the audience members. Uh, well, Koha for the popcorn. <laughs> and can there's a candy bar too. Wow. Yeah. So. Keen. That's so realistic. I yeah. like this. This is, again, photorealism. I like this. But mm. performing a Pulitzer Prize winning play, I imagine it carries a fair bit of expectation on you guys. That being coupled with it being the New Zealand premiere, how have you found, you know, the experience? When people walk in, you know, do you think they have a preconceived expectation for what you do, or do you think that you kind of blow that out of the water with what you, you know, present uh, with? Not necessarily. I'm, I mean, a lot of audience goers for this play probably aren't that familiar with Annie Baker's work and I mm. certainly wasn't when um, I was introduced to this play but in, in terms of it being Pulitzer Prize winning it's not it's not a dense kind of um, intellectual experience mm. um, it's really naturalistic language you know these these folk are really believable um, innocuous dialogue they say mm. yeah I like that yeah, yeah so so it was a in terms of coming at from an actor's perspective, it was just a dream because it's just so well written. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it just all makes total sense. Yeah, and and, and relatively easy to play because these these characters are just real and the dialogue's real. I yeah, I actually have questions about each of your characters and characterizations, mm -hmm. if that's all right. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to start with with Nick. Um, I understand your experience spans TV, film, theatre, the lot, mm -hmm. and you went to Fukuoka and then you came here as well. So you you know very well prepared for such a role but um, <laughs> Sam is a struggling 30-something who lives with his parents which I imagine is very different to your like you've actually made something of yourself so where do you draw the the character from where does that sort of more lay about you know subtly what yeah I, I don't live with my parents anymore nice. um, thankfully no no they're great <laughs> love you mum and dad if you're listening to Radio 1 <laughs> um, but uh, 
Well, I don't know. I think an actor's job is to use their imagination, and, and obviously you draw from your own ex- life experience too, and, and what you do. But um, I think there's, I guess there's some similar traits that this character has that I have. Um, but that doesn't necessarily make it easier to play the, the character. Mm. Yeah. Um, so that's that's been my challenge is just to sort of you know use my imagination in the rehearsal room and be, make lots of offers and be as playful as I can. Um, and try to connect with these other characters in the space. Yeah, but um, yeah, he's a he. Well, we, I'm single at the moment, and so is he. So um, uh, oh we can my. relate to that. Just a wee plug. Oh, phone number. Yeah. Yeah. number. <laughs> On Tinder. <laughs> Bumble, definitely. Um, uh, and Sam. Yes. Um, Although I don't wish to spoil aspects of the play, I understand your character has an important moment of freedom to outcast. Um, where did you draw from to personify the underappreciated matriarch of the cinema? Underappreciated matriarch? That's a good question. I don't question. think she views herself as underappreciated at all. Fair. I think she, yeah, she's very, um, very, she, she kind of sees herself, she owns the place, and she kind of has, you know, these two men, at least she thinks so, kind of as a marionette, play like puppets on a string kind of thing she takes great joy and basically screwing with them for the most part until things get a little bit too a little bit too much but yeah um what was the question <laughs> no you're right I, do you think that i mean is it a similar real life situation when you're you know marionetting nick and timothy here or is it more oh, like no nah. nah. <laughs> i think this is my first professional show so definitely come in just like at the start you know very little idea of what to do i've still got a lot to learn so you're very um very much baby in this situation yeah <laughs> have you been enjoying the green hair though is that a i love the green hair i tried to do this myself a few years ago but it didn't work so it's been it's been a dream heck yeah, yeah. heck yeah and um uh, Timothy, mm. how has playing in Dunedin differed from your experiences in Auckland? Because there's a certain brand of sort of desolate creativity that Dunedin seems to give off. Have you interacted with that in any way? Or is it like vastly different to how you would... What were your experiences in Auckland at least? Well, I'd say like the experiences in Auckland were... I was so young and naive and like, you know, doing theatre like for the first time ever. And then doing, coming down here, first time being in Dunedin, first time in a professional show, first time flown over to like, wow. like actually live the dream that I've been like looking forward to. I would say it's been a whirlwind of like, just like explosions in terms of like trying to figure out exactly where I fit in in terms of like understanding the character. A lot mm. of things just kind of like happen and I'm like reacting to them, but I would say it's, it's been fun and it's been a learning curve and I'm I'm really really blessed to be working with these two talented people you know so like yeah I think uh so far so so good it's been it's been really good awesome yeah. do you, do you, um how would you guys describe your dynamic as like together in a group i mean are you do you personify in any way the characters that you portray when you're in like a group setting or when you're rehearsing not at all, I'd say. No. Because no. 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 the meeting you, you all seem so vastly different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, constructs. Yeah, it's it's quite, it's quite like I think because of the age as well. I I kind of see that as like mm. a thing where it's just kind of like that's how it is. But when we work together, like it's fun. Like how when we all connect on stage. I wish so many people could come and like just keep watching it because <laughs> like really when we work together on stage, it's like pretty unbelievable how much it just feels so real. 
never really cried so much on stage before. I was calling my mum the other weekend. Because oh. like, of how often like we connect so much and I was just kept telling, letting her know that like this was like a real humbling experience to be working with like two really talented people and then you know you wonder like oh the odds of me doing that well, I don't know but it happened <laughs> yeah and the characters are very different to us you know mm-hmm. they all have their own very distinct problems yeah <laughs> and some of them aren't don't really seem like big problems but they are and that's where a lot of the comedy of the play comes comes to the fore yeah I'm sure you like um, what's that expression mining mining the minute is that the whole thing like the yeah you know, trying to yeah. figure out the the really simple aspects of the interactions. Because mm. yeah. um, I imagine from a technical perspective, it must be fairly, like, to be able to create, make something so normal, so entertaining. So, like, anything banal to become entertaining must be a pretty huge, you know, not a huge task, but, like, it must be the motivation to do that must come from somewhere that's hard to pinpoint. But a lot of it comes from the writing. Any mm. baker's yeah. writing yeah. Yeah. is just very, very clever. Mm. Yeah, uh, and the you know it's like a situation comedy where you you know you're there from where to go. She drip, she drops um, all these little hints. Ooh. every so often, then it leads to something. It leads to something greater. I think um, yeah, as far as bringing her writing like to to actualize it, just making sure that these really small problems feel like really big deals to mm. us, and if they seem really important to us, they'll feel important to the audience. So that's kind of how we translate that. Yeah, like that banality. Yeah. Heck yeah. Well, I mean, the play itself, like you were saying, um, it was slightly controversial when it came out. Not even controversial, still just a couple of walkouts I read because of the nature of it. Because um, a play about the value of film and the old style cinema experience, and arguably film and theatre are often at odds with each other as artistic mediums. Um, does it feel odd for you guys to play something like that? Being people who are entirely engaged in like theatre, most of the. Uh, I mean, it's not your typical um, play that I, I that I've played in mm. um, in terms of the way the the pace of it. Yeah. Um, um, so I think in terms of those productions that maybe got a bad rap, maybe it was the productions themselves of those mm. plays. Mm, you know, where where it just wasn't watchable for those people. Mm. But there can be something really engaging just about watching two people sweep up cop- popcorn for thirty seconds. <laughs> you know, because. Mm. Uh, it's really interesting. It's sort of like you're a fly on the wall watching these people's lives. Mm. Mm. With yeah, and with a play that's so naturalistic, there is um, there's a fine line. There's a fine line between them. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> you've got to. It's it's a yeah tricky thing to make something so kind of mundane interesting. And so mm. I can see how there would be productions where you know you slip into that into that zone where it's just kind of like bleh, yeah. No, definitely. That's fair. Um, and the show runs until the 20th of July. Um, do you think that, like you've talked about the intimacy, the fly on the wall sort of experience, like seeing it through the lens of you guys, do you think your portrayals have evolved since the first showing and will continue to because of that sort of hyper-realism? Yes. Yes? Mm-hmm, for sure. It'll, it'll like, get better as it, like... It, it kind of just feels as though right now it's, like... I think everyone's aware that eventually, like, the last show usually just ends up being, like, probably, like, one of the... It's either the best show or the worst show, depending on <laughs> how you take it. Because you could, like, it just depends on, like, how... Like, when we work on it, run it over and over every day. And then you think about how you may have, you know, offered something else in the first week. And then it, something, it kind of comes off differently in, this, in the last day. And you're just like, okay. It, like, builds up and builds up. 
but everyone's just keep wa- keep watching, keep coming <laughs> to the show like every time. It was great to hear that like like I heard that like people came twice. They came oh, on wow. op- they came I think people came in twice like on the first day and then they came again I think on the Saturday, which wow. is great. That is really cool. Yeah. Mm. Heck yeah. I mean, come again. Keep coming. Keep coming. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, if you guys could say one thing to someone who isn't sure, because like they don't go to theatre, you know, plays very often. Like you know, with with the Fortune Theatre, people have sort of slightly been distanced from theatre in Dunedin, which is a, a crying shame. Mm-hmm. Do you reckon? What would you say to people who aren't quite sure? What's that? Mo- what's that thing that'll get them over? You know, buy the ticket. Well, I think if you love art and you love theatre and you love acting and performance. Um, and perhaps you weren't so keen on productions that you've seen elsewhere in Dunedin, perhaps at the Fortune. But this is more of a this is a play that perhaps you wouldn't see at the Fortune. Mm. Mm. It's more of a risk to put this sort of play on. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, come along for that reason, and yeah, I think you'll have a good time. I like that, but a risky theatre. I like no. that. That's cool. Um, has it been quite fun working with uh, Lara? Yeah. 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 Fantastic. Yeah, Great. she's a wonderful director. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, she's, she's great. She, um, she's been pretty much everywhere. I feel like the more I read about her, it's just seemed kind of insane, yeah. and she's yeah. yeah. keep going. She just keeps working. Hell yeah! <laughs> I mean, do you find that? I mean, because you guys, this is your first professional mm. play, but yep. I mean, you've been in quite a few. Also, by the way, I love that you're in Condide and you're Pangloss. It's my favourite character in Condide. Oh, oh, really? You saw? Did you? Oh, oh no, you haven't, you I haven't seen that. But I love the. I, re- I read the book yeah. when I was too young to read the book. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, in your experience with other directors. Uh, how how would you class Lara as different from that experience? Um, she has similar similarities and differences with all of the directors I've worked, but what I will say about her is she's a very, very good listener, and, mm-hmm. and she's got a very keen eye for um, the psychological journeys of the characters, Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and also for, um, for the... Um, um, just the, the the journey itself of the play, yeah, and where where it sits and where where it needs to be pitched. And with this play, there's a you know you pitch it too far, you've gone over or under, you're under. There's she calls it the Goldilocks zone for where this play needs to be played at. I like that. Mm. And hopefully we've we've hit that, yeah. But she, you know, she's great to work with, yeah. Mm. Well, it certainly sounds like it. You guys all seem really stoked about it as well, which is wonderful. Yeah. Like a really optimistic yeah. cast, and it's, it's only going to get better. To hear that, it's only going to get better. Yeah. <laughs> should, all, should go to this play. It's yeah. running into until the 20th of July, yeah, um, and it's at the Allen Hall, 6.30pm. Uh, 6.30pm, yes. Wednesday till Saturday, and the 2 o'clock matinee on Sundays, and um, uh, there's a forum after this Sunday's 2 o'clock show as well, if you want to um, stay afterwards and talk to the actors and some of the designers. Good, yeah. I mean, it just sounds like an opportunity too good to miss, truth mm, be told. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, guys, for coming on. It's been wonderful thank to you. have a Thanks chat so with much, you guys. Ray. Cheers. Uh, honestly. Um, you excited for two-ish hours time? Yeah, we'll, be, we'll go back yep. there to yeah. 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 We'll do our warm-up. Yeah. 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 We've no, got a uh, good house tonight, so looking yeah. forward to it. Should be fun. God, yeah. Yeah. Hell, be hell yeah. And one last question. Does anyone have a really particular song request for later on? Hey Ya by Outcast. Yeah, done. No, right. I can do that. I can definitely do that. I think it's even on the uh, system. Uh, <laughs> awesome, guys. Well, you should definitely hit up the flick. Head on down to Allen Hall, buy a ticket. Have a go. Real enjoy it. Risky Theatre. Definitely worth it. This was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.